Thanks for each of you for, for being here today. Um, you know, it's always encouraging to all of us, uh, especially us on the team that put this together, to see you walk through the doors every week just because it inspires us to keep doing what we're doing and uh, also to see your faithfulness to what God's called you to do. You know, and this year we all want to get better. Uh, we all want to be better dads, better, better husbands, better sons, better friends, better, better at everything. Um, and I think my prayer this year has really been, um, Lord, help me to be the very best version of me that I can be. And I don't want to waste a second doing something that doesn't fulfill God's call in my life. So if it means that, um, um, if it means to me that I can do something for someone or I can hug a neck or give an encouraging word or whatever, I'm like, Lord, whatever that is, I want to be used. You know, one thing for all of us in our church, I know you've all heard the emphasis on small groups. And if you ever needed a sign from God, <laughs> this is your sign. God is saying, this is your sign. Small groups is your sign here at our church. And so I've invited Brian, Brian Job, who is the hub leader for uh, men's small groups, to come share just a few minutes before our speaker comes up. So, Brian, come on up. I'm just going to take a minute. Johnny, that was, you stole everything I wanted to say you know, in a good way. No, guys, seriously. Um, I would love to know who in here is signed up or going to be a part of a spring small group, a men's small group, a couple small group, I mean, quite a few of you. Who in here is, le if you're leading a men's small group or a couple small group, stand up. I want, I want you to be seen. All right, guys, there's, there's really no excuse. Stand up for just a second. There's a bunch of guys right here leading small groups. Find one of them today and join their small group. Um, if you, you can sit down. If, if you don't like any of those guys, <laughs> we do have several more guys leading small groups, couples and men's small groups. There are two iPads in some containers or in some pedestal supports over there. I'll be there at the end of service today or in the end of the breakfast today. Answer any questions you have. You can inquire about a small group there. All the small groups are listed there. Um, you know, the, the thing I want to communicate to you guys the most, and you've heard it from Wit, if you heard his recent message on No, Grow, Discover, Go, that the church's job, God calls people to ministry, calls the apostles, the saints. It says in Ephesians, pastors, what they do is they equip us to do the work of the Lord, the work of God, to do ministry. And small groups is your uh, avenue to do ministry. Whether you're leading a small group or you're in a small group, life change happens in those circles. And I, I would encourage you guys, if you want more God this year, being a part of a small group is going to be a critical part of you connecting to that. You know, when we're left to our own, like I've, I've been there, I know a lot of you guys are probably there right now, where you're in a, in a position of leadership, maybe collecting a good salary, you're in a pretty good, good spot. But the problem is we start listening to our own lies, our own confidence. We trust on things. We trust on things that we provide instead of what God provides. You know, in the beginning, God created men and women to be dependent on him. And we get, when we start falling into, you know, that independence, we get away from our purpose and our identity. And when you're in a small group, it's someone there kind of holding up a mirror uh, with the word of God and encouraging you and showing you the truth, keeping you accountable. I mean, some of those things, vulnerability, encouragement, and accountability are the critical components of our small groups. So today's your day. Don't wait. Small groups start the last day of July, or January, excuse me, January 29th. Small groups kick off. Want you to be in a small group for your own health. If you want more God this year, join a small group, please. Thank you.
quickly this morning. Um, I know uh, we got started just a little bit late, so we want to get right to it. We are very, very thankful this morning to have Jesse Anderson with us this morning. Um, he's executive project manager here at Church of the Move, and he assists the directional leadership team to get projects of all kinds done. One thing I've known about Jesse, I was sitting with him recently at a, at a leadership conference, and he sits down, looked a little bit tired. I'm like, Jesse, you all right today? And he goes, this is my seventh leadership event in the last six months. I'm like, wow, that's amazing. But I know this guy is just packed full of wisdom and things that he's been learning over the last however many years. But I'm super grateful to have him today. I know that you guys, you know, one of our goals with Men's Breakfast is that you walk away with two or three just gold nuggets for, for you. And I think with all of our speakers, I can tell you almost from all of them, one or two things that I'll learn from them. So really work on that today. Just one or two things you can walk away with and apply from what you learned here today. But I want to welcome um, lifelong learner, Jesse Anderson. Thanks, Johnny. I think I'm going to add lifelong learner to my Twitter bio. It's, uh, I'm just going to start introducing myself as that. Um, it's an honor to speak today. I love this event. Um, I, I came sporadically until maybe four or five months ago and started volunteering and helping with check in, uh, checking people in. And um, what's cool is just to get to know you guys and uh, that this is all campuses and a smaller group of guys that, uh, that you can get to connect with. So I love this event. I'm thankful to Johnny for what he's done. What's really cool is um, that this thing, if you don't know, is not really put on by the church at all. It's not pushed by the church. It's not promoted by the church. It's not organized by the church. So it's cool to see how um, Johnny's passion for this is why we're all here today, that it's been built up to this. And that's it's so cool to see. So let's give it up for, uh, for Johnny. My goal is to leave you unsettled today, to not leave you inspired. If uh, Johnny wanted inspiration at the top of the year, then he picked the wrong guy. Um, that is not my love language. If you know me, I'm not, uh, I'm not an inspirational guy, and everybody who knows me is, is laughing. Uh, I speak the language of challenge and straight talk, and um, I'm, just, I'm just a no-crap kind of guy. And so I want to talk um, about something that, that I've learned in the past year, and uh, the journey that I've been on. Before I do that, I want to say how excited I am about where our church is at. Um, if you've not watched Witt's message from before Christmas called No Grow, Discover, Go, make it a priority in the next week to do so. What I love about No Grow, Discover, Go is it's not just a marketing campaign. It's not a slogan. Um, it is the spiritual journey path for me and for you and over, over, over and over in the Bible, you see this four-step process in people's lives, that God reveals himself to them, that they know him personally, that they work to make him the center of their life, that they're coming to church regularly because that's where we get to do that, where we really get to experience God, that people grow spiritually through small groups. We believe with deep conviction that you can't grow spiritually like you need to outside of community. You can't grow as much as you need to just coming to the weekend service. Small groups are not an option. Uh, it's not an add-on that is if you have time in your schedule. They're an essential part of your spiritual growth and of becoming a Christ follower. The third thing is about discovering your purpose. The Holy Spirit has put spiritual gifts inside each of us. And our job is to discover, develop, and deploy those gifts. And then the last thing is to go, to use those gifts to be able to make a difference in people. 
But what I love is it gives you a real specific path that you know the things that you're working on. And it is not a checkbox type thing, a one, two, three, four. This is something that's going to be constant. You might be in a phase right now where you need to grow spiritually. This is your time to get in a small group. You might be in a time where your, uh, your weekend attendance is not consistent like it needs to be. It might be a time where you need to lean in into that no phase and knowing God and making him the center of your life. You might uh, be in a small group, you might be attending weekend service, but you might not know what you're here on this earth to do. And you are here for a reason. Every one of us is. And if you know that, maybe the last thing is, is maybe you're in the go phase where you need to then leverage what is inside of you to be able to go make a difference and turn your passions into something that can help other people. An event like this is, is a perfect example of that. That this is not just... Um, a fun thing that Johnny wants to do on the side. There's a lot of effort that goes into this. And we all benefit from his passion for this and uh, from what he's put into it. So I'm super excited about it. Please go watch that message because it's important. Um, and now I want to go into today's talk, which is called, What's Your Next Move? If you were standing in front of God today, and your life was over, would you be proud of every area of your life? Would you be proud of your relationship with Jesus, with your wife, with your kids? Would you be proud of the friendships that you cultivated and the people that you impacted? Would you be proud of the way you handled your finances or the way that you led your home? Would you be proud of the way that you managed your time, how you cared for your body? Would you be proud of the fruit that's in your life? Would you be proud of the fact that you didn't allow sin to take hold and take root in your life, or that you didn't let anger get the best of you? No one's perfect. We've all got issues. We've all got hang-ups, flaws, baggage. I've got issues. You've got issues. So what are you actively doing to work out those issues? Bill Hybels, who's the senior pastor of Willow Creek Community Church in Chicago, about a year ago preached a great message called Code Red. And he was talking about the difference between two types of issues in your life, Code Yellow and Code Red, and learning to identify which, um, which issues in your life are Code Yellow and Code Red and need to be attacked as such. Code yellow things are things that are important, but are not stop everything, got to go do it. It's okay, we need to take care of that. Code red are the things that's like, pull the e-brake, we got to fix this now. Put all effort into it, we've got to get things figured out. And so many times we're aware of problems in our lives, we're conscious of things that we know we need to work out, but we don't properly codify things. And in turn, we don't treat it with the level of importance that we need to. It's really easy in your mind for a code red to be labeled a code yellow. That you think, I know about that, I should probably work on that. I've been working on that. But what I would ask is if you've properly codified the issues in your life, do you know which issues are more serious than others? And if you have, what plan do you have to specifically correct those things in your life? I heard a well-respected leader once say, if you're not working on the hard things, you're not working on the right things. That gets under my skin a little bit because I'm a, a to-do list kind of person. I, I love to get things done, and I'm just constantly busy. I don't like things like Christmas break. 
because uh, the engine has to shut down so far, I just basically become a slob. I, I, I love this week. I'm, I'm, I'm back in the groove now. But something like that gets under my skin because I think I'm working on stuff all the time. But am I really working on the right things? What are you doing to actively work on your issues? Hebrews 12.1 says to lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us. Your gifts and your strengths won't be of as much benefit to you as they could be if you don't learn to deal with your weaknesses. And you can't fully step into the abundant life that God has for you without actively working out your issues. So what's holding you back? And what's your plan for getting rid of those things? Do you fully realize the effect that the issues in your life are having on you? I sure didn't. A little over a year ago, right before I turned 29, I didn't have any specific plan or strategy. I just had this, this feeling that I wanted to take that year to get prepped to go into my 30s. I didn't want to carry the baggage of my 20s and bad habits and things that you know maybe I thought were the right way to do things. I didn't want to carry that over into my 30s. I saw it as an opportunity for a sort of fresh start, just a great time to evaluate and see what things were in my life, what things I wanted to correct before I turned 30. And it was funny at that time, uh, it was right before then, I had talked to Brian and said, hey, I need to go on a mountain men trip this year. I don't know why, I just feel like this is my year. And so I'm just going to tell you so that you hold me accountable to it and we'll do it. And maybe two and a half months later, something like that, it wasn't quite a year ago, I got blindsided by something that I knew um, was an issue, but I didn't really know how to deal with it. And I was confronted with an issue um, that affected me personally with an old friend and it was not unknown to me, but it just all of a sudden hit me. And it really kind of freaked me out. Um, if you know me at all, you know I'm, I'm a confident person. Um, I have a pretty big ego that I, I keep tucked in. I don't deal with a lot of self-doubt. I, uh, I don't beat myself up about stuff. I'm not cocky. I'm just, I'm confident. I feel like I... I, I uh, I'm confident in the way that I view things and, and what I think about things. But this thing that came up a little under a year ago really shook me. And it shook me in a foundational way, which was just like, what the heck is this? How am I going to deal with this? Really, really blindsided me. And what was great is to be able to have uh, mountain men to go through that with. But a couple months after that, I went to counseling. And... Um, it was amazing because the only time that we spent talking about that specific issue was the first 30 minutes of the first session, and, and uh, my counselor quickly realized there's a lot of other stuff we got to deal with here too, stuff that I didn't really know about. It made me nervous. There was a lot of nervous laughter for me in those, those first few sessions. Uh, that, was, that was kind of an indicator go, uh, a few sessions in of knowing, okay, I'm starting to get comfortable with this because the nervous laughter is going down. It's uncomfortable. But I also knew that he was right. And so it was an opportunity to work some stuff out. And I didn't realize um, the things that I had to work on. I would have thought that, man, I'm doing good. I've got a lot of stuff figured out. But I saw that I had issues in my life that I needed to work out. 
I realized that this is crazy because I've grown up in church, saved when I was five years old, but I, I realized last year throughout this process, um, throughout a specific weekend here at church where Susan told her story on stage, that I didn't understand grace. And even though I knew I was saved and I wasn't trying to work for my salvation, there was, there was a mixed up understanding of grace and, 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 and what Jesus did for me. That was a big thing. That was a foundational thing that I would have never known that I had to work through. And Susan talked about that in her story too. Maybe that's, that's been your story. Maybe that, that, uh, that hit you in a way which is like, yeah, I never thought about it. I thought I was just good. That's something I had to learn. Had a lot to learn about my emotions and how that I was um, curbing my emotional reactions to different things and really kind of cutting off a full emotional spectrum. That sounds uh, really weird probably in a, a men's group, but, um, but, it, but for me it was important to understand that I don't need to shut off emotions just to be even keel. I had a lot of work to do on that. A lot of the homework that was assigned to me, homework per se, was uh, things that were trying to get me uh, to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And I was really uncomfortable. Um, I wear the same outfit every day. I always wear a black shirt. I wear these jeans. I wear these shoes. I wear my pink socks. And my counselor knew that. And uh, one of the early homework assignments was that he said, you have to go wear white Hanes socks for a week. <laughs> it sounds funny, but I was pissed. <laughs> because I wear, these socks are called Bombas. I love these socks. They don't slouch. They're awesome. And they're hot pink. So, I mean, it's like, why, why would I go wear just standard socks? I hid my ankles all that week. I, I, couldn't, I didn't want to show anyone. I, I couldn't stand it. But he was just getting started because then the next week I came in and he said, so you can't wear a black shirt for a week. And, and I was like livid. I mean, he knew like on my face. He was laughing about it. But I'm like driving home thinking, screw you. I'm not going to do this. I'm just going to come in next week and say, I didn't do the homework. Find some other way to do this. But I did wear a non-black shirt. I just wore a hoodie and zipped it up all week. But it's funny, these things sound so, uh, so minute, so minuscule, but they were helping me to release control, to be comfortable being uncomfortable, and were really a key thing for me. He talked to, uh, my counselor talked about um, identifying things in my life and, and uh, really what I'm talking about uh, to you today. He talked about how like when you make a stew, you've got all this sort of stuff, you've got meat and potatoes and vegetables and all that all sitting in a liquid, and then it gets cooked. And at first you can see everything. It's in the pan real easy. You know what's there. But after a while, as that starts to cook, all that stuff that's in there starts to affect the liquid around it. It gets murky. You can't really see what's in there. And he said, you don't ever go in and stir anything up. You don't look to see what's in there. You don't check it. It's just, you've just put your stew in the oven and just left it there. And a lot of it is crusted at the bottom of the pan and all of this. And it's funny because I would have thought, yeah, but if any of that stuff rose to the surface, I was fine to deal with it. I'm not like avoiding issues. I just didn't realize that those things were really affecting everything in my life. So I was fortunate to have that situation come up almost a year ago to be able to have mountain men to go through counseling that really helped me to reveal things that I needed to work out. And I don't know what your situation is, but what I want to ask you today is, are you aware of your issues? 
and what are you doing about them? I heard John Maxwell say at the event that, that I was sitting next to Johnny um, at, they called Global Leadership Summit. Um, Bill Hybels and Willow Creek put it on every year. It's an amazing leadership event. And uh, we were a private view site here for our staff and some of our key volunteers were able to um, attend. And John Maxwell was, was talking about um, adding value to people. But one thing that he, he talked about that was really interesting to me is he started by saying everything uphill is worthwhile. But then he went on to say the problem is, is that we have uphill hopes and downhill habits. We have these intentions. We have these things that we, we want to work on. We want to be better. But we have downhill habits. And in order to beat the downhill slide, you have to be intentional. The car in this illustration is going up and to the right. There is no plateau. There is no level. You let your foot off the gas and you just start rolling back. You have to be intentional. And that downhill slide is really rooted in selfishness. It's really rooted in, uh, I don't feel like putting the time and effort into that. So how are you going to be different than the average person like he was talking about? How are you going to bridge that gap between the hopes that you have and the habits that you have? What's your next move? Maybe you're not the husband or father that you would hope to be. What's your next move? Maybe you know you're 50 pounds overweight and you have been for years. What's your next move? Maybe you're just barely making it with your finances. Even though you get to sit under amazing teaching here, you're familiar with things like the six-day principle and, and, uh, and getting ahead, but you're still struggling. What's your next move? Maybe you've got a porn habit that you just can't kick, and it's bested you for years and years. What's your next move? Maybe you've got a relationship that you avoid or you carry baggage around because of. What's your next move? Maybe you've got an anger issue that you can't seem to get a hold of. What's your next move? Maybe you're not managing your time well and making time for the important things in your life. What's your next move? Maybe you feel overwhelmed with how much is on your plate and you're not really feeling fulfilled with anything. What's your next move? And maybe you know about your, your issues and you know what might be holding you back. But what's your approach? How intense are you with those things? Do you know how serious they are? Have you properly codified them as code red issues? Do you have a plan to work through? Do you have somebody to help you walk through that? And maybe you're sitting here today and this is an interesting idea. It's planting a seed, but you're kind of like, I don't know what I need to work on. Who can you reach out to to help you identify potential blind spots? I don't know exactly what the next step is for you. You're going to know it. And my encouragement to you is to be intentional, especially at this time of year. There's never a perfect time for this kind of thing, but a new year is a great time, as good a time as any, to really evaluate what issues you have, what your next move is, who you're going to connect with to help walk on the journey with you. So I don't know what exactly the next step is for you. I do have some very, very practical baseline suggestions just to start no matter what it is. The first thing I would just say is if you don't have a regular chair time with God in the morning, 
nothing else matters. I'm serious. And I'm preaching to myself here because it is so easy to sleep in, to be inconsistent, to go, oh, I haven't read my Bible reading plan in 10 days, push the catch-up button, to read it all in one morning. Are you consistent with your chair time with God, with your devotional time with God, with your prayer? We've got a great opportunity on Monday as a church to lean into the 21-day challenge, and I'm going to encourage you to really, really lean into it. You've got no excuses. The path's all laid out for you. We've got great resources to do a Bible study together. We'll be praying as a church every day for 21 days. And then we'll also be fasting something. And a group of, uh, a group of my friends are going on a trip in a few weeks, and so we started our fast last Sunday. It's been amazing to see the impact that it's made in just a few days in our life, getting intentional. And the thing I would tell you about that is, with whatever you're going to fast, it's not just about food. But whatever's in your life that, that you think, oh, I don't want to give that up, that, would, that, that, seems, that seems too aggressive. That's the thing you need to give up. That's the thing that, the, the thing that's going to hurt you the most is probably the thing that you're holding on to that really is keeping you from focusing on God and being intentional. The other thing I would say, uh, going along with the 21-day challenge, if you've never read the book Prayer by Tim Keller, I'd highly encourage you to do it. Um, prayer is, is one of the most underutilized, undervalued, misunderstood things, I, I believe, that, that we all have. It's something that we kind of understand what it is. But man, if you really want a comprehensive understanding of what prayer is and the power of um, the power of prayer in your relationship with God, read that book. It might be something that you read in this 21 days as you're intentional. The second thing I would tell you as a baseline suggestion is get in a small group. You can't work out your issues alone. You can't work out your issues coming to church. And I don't care what your excuse is, but get your butt in a small group. This year, this semester, I don't care if your schedule's right for it. I don't care if you don't have certain things figured out. I don't care if you're ready to open up with guys. Man up and get in a small group. Galatians 6.2 says, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. So if you fulfill the law of Christ by carrying each other's burdens, and you can't carry each other's burdens unless you're in a tight-knit group with some people, how are you going to do this? This is where spiritual growth happens, where you work things out with other people, where other people call things out on you and help to hold you accountable. And I would say this as, as a bonus to that with small group. Whit preached a message a couple years ago in a series called Enough, where he asked the question, who knows your story, struggle, and secrets? And I'm going to tell you that as guys, this is, this is important for us. This isn't something which is like, that's nice if I do know somebody who I can really be vulnerable with, who knows my deepest, darkest secrets. But I'm going to tell you, this is important. It's important for us to keep on the path that we know we need to be on and not go and make a boneheaded decision. Find someone in your life that you can open up to and say, this is what I'm dealing with and have them really hold you accountable. The third thing is super, super practical. If you're married, go on a kidless date night or date lunch every week. Don't talk business about the household. Just connect with your wife. Ask questions of your wife. Become a student of your wife. This is something I'm working on. 
if you're not uh, in a place where you feel like, man, uh, date night, that's, that scares me. I'm not romantic. I don't have ideas for stuff. You know what the pro tip is? Just ask her, what would make this a great day for you? It's really easy. What would make this a great birthday for you, a great anniversary for you? And these are some questions that, that I'm asking myself um, or that I've, that I've put together for myself to ask my wife occasionally that I'm going to start doing this year. Simple things like, what can I do to help? This is a, a daily thing that's just easy. What's bugging you in your life right now? Because I might not specifically know. How can I pray for you specifically? What do you wish you had the time to do? What do you wish you had the money to buy? What are three things I'm doing that are blessing you that, that I should continue doing? What are three things that I could do to bless you more? What do you wish you could do in the next week to recharge and have some me time? Uh, my daughter is turning three in uh, about six weeks, and my son is six weeks old. Uh, my wife needs some me time <laughs> on a regular basis. Sometimes she just needs to sleep in or take a nap or go do something. That's an important question for, for me to be asking her. Then the last thing is, what's one thing that you do for our family that you wish was not on your plate? These are things that I should know that I don't always know the answer to, and I'm going to be intentional with it. The last thing I'll say is, if you don't have somebody, maybe you're, you're sitting here going, okay, i got to work out my issues, but I have no idea what the next step is. Here's what I'm going to tell you. Email me, and I'll be an open hand to connect you. I don't have all the answers, but if you're just like, man, i got nobody. I don't have a small group. I don't have family. I don't, I don't really know what the next step is. And here's what I would say. Don't hesitate. Don't overthink it. Don't craft the perfect email. I'd challenge you to shoot me an email in the next hour if, if this is something that you feel like I need some help with. And I'm an efficiency-driven guy, so just put I need some help in the subject line and push send. Don't even craft an email. And I'd appreciate it. That keeps my time managed well. <laughs> the, hardest, the hardest thing is the first step. It is stepping up, saying I need some help, and admitting that. And what I would hate is that you would walk out of here going, man, I, I, need, to, I need to evaluate my life. I just don't know what to do next. Again, I don't have the answers, but let me help. Let me be the first step that you reach out to. Also, email me if you're interested. I've been, I've been um, personally studying some great resources on being a better husband. That's kind of a, an offshoot. But if you're interested in, in what I'm studying and what I'm working on this year, um, email me and I'll send you that stuff. You can walk out today and not address your issues, but you still have them. They're not going to go away just because you ignore them. So I want to ask you, have you properly codified the issues in your life? Do you have a plan to actively work them out? Do you have someone right beside you who's helping you walk through that journey? How is 2017 going to be different? We've been saying a lot in the past few weeks that 2017 will be your best year if it's your best year spiritually. And Sam Woods preached a great message at First Wednesday this past week, and one of the challenges he said was, this is only going to be your best year spiritually uh, if, it's, if it's on purpose. That's not going to happen accidentally. Now's the time where you can really lock in. We've got a great series called Start Here starting this weekend. We've got the 21-day challenge starting on Monday. We've got small groups starting in a few weeks. Guys, no excuses. There's no reason to not lean in. Jesus came so that you could have abundant life, so that you could be free from your past and become like him. 
Have you taken hold of that or are you accepting a half portion? I don't want to be in that place. I don't want to get to the end of my life and think I could have had more, I could have done more, I could have been better in these areas. There's no perfect time, but January is a great time to be able to lean in, do something different and be intentional about your life. Your wife, your kids, your family, everyone in your sphere deserves the best of you and Jesus deserves the best of you. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for these guys, for um, Lord, their intentionality to be here this morning. I thank you, Lord, for the example that Jesus set and for the path that we have to walk through as Christ followers to be the best that we can be, to know you personally, to be free from our past, to know why we're here on this earth and then to go and make a difference with it. And I thank you for Church on the Move and the opportunity that we have to be able to grow and connect with other guys to be able to do that. And I pray, Lord, that each guy today would, would take this word and really think about what issues they need to work out in their life and really be intentional to take the next steps and make this year be different. Make this year be set apart, that it's not just going to start out like every other year, but end like every year, but it's going to start differently and it's going to end differently. And I thank you for your grace to help us with that. And we thank you for your love and your mercy to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, guys. When he said he would shoot straight, he meant it, didn't he? Thank you very, very much for that today. What a great way to start our year out, to start with addressing the things that are the biggest, the biggest things in our lives. Um, very excited about next month. Um, Chad Wilkerson, who is here, just raise your hand there, Chad. Uh, coach Chad Wilkerson is uh, the head uh, basketball coach here at Lincoln. You know, one thing I love about, you know, um, about athletes is that they have the ability to speak into kids' lives in a way that nobody else does because they're with them regularly. My wife coached for years, played basketball in college, and one thing I loved about her that made me really attracted to her was the fact that she used her basketball when she was in school to uh, reach kids in other countries. And, and we've seen that with Chad. Um, Chad, I could read his bio here. I wanted to read every, every line of it. Um, about all the things that he's done from, from winning awards all over to being the highest in high school to um, still holding records there, playing at ORU, uh, playing overseas, being coached by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar um, and Bill Self. I mean, the guy's got a, a long, long list of, of accomplishments. But what I love most about Chad is when I watch him work with our boys, uh, um, that he is so clear on the fact that Basketball is, is a tool in your life um, to draw you closer to Christ and, and to use it to reach others around you. And that's what he's done in creating so many different things, um, so many different programs. He uh, founded, an over, um, founded overseas um, a basketball academy, hosting basketball camps and providing private lessons. He's been featured, a guest speaker at basketball camps all across America and all over Europe where he played basketball for, for years. Um, just last year, Coach, uh, Coach Wilkerson co-founded Book and Ball, a charity which provided balls and Bibles to orphans, just completed an outreach in Quito, uh, Ecuador, and are planning another outreach this summer to a Syrian refugee uh, children's, children living in Scandinavia. Um, those are the kinds of, of people that uh, Church on the Move attracts, and we're so grateful to hear from him next month about um, 
uh, the, the lie of um, success. And so that's what he'll be talking on next month. So we have some serious topics coming, on, coming up here, and, and I think you'll like his style. Uh, is uh, very fresh and, and innovative, but also very missional. And so we love that about him. Um, very thankful for each of you guys. Thankful for being here. Thanks, thanks for brave, braving the weather this morning and, and being here. Um, I just want to close out in prayer this morning and, and again, just seal what we learned today uh, for us to take with us. Lord, we're honored to be in this place today. Lord, thank you so much for our pastor. Lord, we pray great blessing on him in this year. We pray, pray great blessing on uh, Pastor Witt. Lord, as he uh, is taking such a great leadership role here in our church and, and introducing so many new things. Lord, um, we are honored to be in such a place, Lord, where we put people first and we help with community and developing our lives personally. Lord, I pray this year would be the best year of our lives because we choose to make it that way. We choose to lay down the things that encumber us, Lord, and to run our race free of it, free of all the things that, that pull us down. Lord, I pray today for um, Greg Klaus, who's having uh, shoulder surgery, even now as we speak. Lord, has been a part of our group for a long time. I pray for the doctors as they work on him that uh, they would have wisdom, be able to fix the problem in his shoulder for good. Lord, we love you. We thank you for our time. I pray for safety, Lord, for everyone as they leave today and our families. I pray for all the moms today that are home with kids who are, again, off from school. I pray for their mercy and, Lord, our grace in working with them. Lord, we love you. Thank you for this day. In Jesus' name, amen.